We're back. Jock Talk Podcast. Episode, is this number five or six? I believe that this will be five. All right, episode number five. We're back. A uh, little bit of a, uh, I, w- I wouldn't call it a break so much as we just, we just got let's busy. Call, let's, call it, let's call it a brief hiatus. <laughs> yeah, I like that, yeah. I mean, we just, we got busy. We got, we got live, uh, lives outside of the pod too, you know. So. Yeah, we got busy and also, uh, I mean, we did record a pod. Um, unfortunately, we figured out that the audio wasn't so good. Uh, it was cutting in and out and we're, we, you know, we're not going to put out dust product to, to, to our viewership. So we thought, scrap that pod. We'll start fresh. Um, so we do apologize for a little bit of the delay. What's great, Adam, is uh, we've been catching a little bit of traction. I got some people from from across Ontario listening here, so it's it's good. And then like, we have those analytics where we got some people in Mexico, like <laughs> Italy. It's it's all over the map. So uh, we appreciate all the viewership, um, and we yeah we apologize for the brief hiatus. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks that we had to take uh, take a break like that, miss some time. But we're back, and that's all that matters. So let's uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, but uh, actually, you know what? Before we do that, we are going to give our condolences to the to the Johnson family uh, with what happened to Adam Johnson. Um, terrible, terrible situation. Uh, hate to see stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, freak accident. Um, you got to feel you got to feel sorry for for the guy that was also in it as well, right? Yeah, um, both both uh, both parties both, there. Both si- yeah, yeah, both sides of it. It's just uh, it's an unfortunate event. Um, I, I see it as wrong place, wrong time type thing. Um, and just a freak accident. Uh, I hope that they really do bring the neck guards in. Um, I had a, I want, I want to hear your thoughts on this actually, Adam. Okay. So obviously it, it's very tough to pass something along through the NHL when it comes to changing the player's equipment, right? Just their basic equipment, like, you know, their shoulder pads, the Under Armour, all that stuff. A lot of the guys got, got their equipment that they've been wearing since junior that they well, really you, don't want to change. You remember the whole issue with the goalie pad, the sizes of the goalie pad. Remember that change? In, or whatever, yeah, all that, that stuff. A few years ago. So that, and that was the biggest headache I've ever seen in the league. So, And, I mean, if you go onto YouTube, uh, you could just type in, like, equipment staff or, like, I don't know. I, I saw a video back in the past of, like, the Philadelphia Flyers and their, like, equipment staff and what they do. And, I mean, Adam, some of this gear bought is, like – coho fucking shoulder pads like that that have been just stitched up that these guys are still wearing and stuff like that so this is what i was trying to get across is it's tough to make these guys wear neck guards right Mm -hmm. and the argument with the neck guard basically is that everyone says oh it's too thin and the whole bit but the neck guard's there for the purpose that if the skate or if anything were to hit that neck guard it slides up and then it changes the angle of where you're going to get caught right it probably you could probably still get seriously injured but it prevents something from which is what just happened right an incident like that um, so I'm thinking it's tough to put the neck guard into play and make these players wear it. But what about the neck guard being attached to the Jersey? Oh, attached to the Jersey. Um, yes. Hmm. The inside of the Jersey, the inside of the Jersey, it wouldn't be sold to, yeah. to fans, right? They just sells, it sells like you, you would sell the basic Jersey to the fans. Yeah. It'd right? be a play, it'd be a like, player's only thing. Some jerseys, it'd be a player's only thing. Exactly. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think that could work. I think it could work. I don't see why it wouldn't. I, I mean, you, I don't know. I think you got to – I don't think that's something you can implement league-wide. I think that's going to remain a, a a player's choice type of type of thing, and you just hope that a lot of guys choose to start wearing, like, the, the turtleneck uh, uh, Under Armour maybe, like the the Pocanets, the Thomas Pocanets, or yeah, some, yeah. some guys straight up toss on the neck protector. I mean, listen, it's such a freak accident that, like – I mean, we've seen it, what, four or five times in in the last like who know, I can't even think of really other than three three incidents pop into my head and it's the one that just happened it's Richard Zednick and it's Clint Malarchuk 
uh, if I yeah. got those names right. Those are the only ones yep. that really I could think of. So, I mean, yes, there's been other ones. and not It's a one in a million. It's fair to say it's, it's so, a one in a million. Yeah, it's so it's so rare that I don't think you can implement a straight-up rule that you have to have one on. I think you just keep it the way it is. It's a recommendation. It's strongly recommended, I guess you could say. But, I mean, we saw TJ Oshie's sporting one now. He was wearing one tonight in tonight's game the day we were recording here. So, some players might choose to do it, um, but I think you got to leave yeah, it like up, you up saw to the players. Exactly. It's got to be up to the players, too. It's just uh, it's, it's a player thing, and I think players will understand that, right? Where it's like you don't really want to mess with their equipment. They feel great when they're out there. Yeah, exactly. And, and they got their mindset when they put all that stuff on. So just a complete unfortunate event that happened. Uh, and like you said, prayers to the Johnson family as well as the, the other – I forget Pet his Grave. name. Matt Petgrave. Matt Petgrave. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure he played, uh, played over here in Ontario. So, yeah, it's just – it sucks. It it's really awful. So we'll move right along, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, uh, we can get right into UFC if you want uh, off the bat here. Yeah, let's jump right in. So by the time this pod comes out, we'll be we'll be getting, what, five days out from UFC 295. The big one, 295. Yeah, Or what <laughs> What was the big one until we got the uh, most, un- probably the most unfortunate news of the year, of the, of the MMA year. John Jones, yeah. Stipe, Miocic is off. Yeah, and um, it's not going to be a quick recovery for John either. No, it's going to be probably a year from now at least until we see him. Yeah, so the context on that is uh, he suffered it during a uh, – he was sparring, right? Yeah, he was uh, – I think he was grappling. I don't know who it was with, but he was he was, gra- it was late. It was late-night late, late grappling sesh, and uh, he, uh, he tore his pec clean. Um, minimum eight-month recovery. Uh, it's tough. That's, that's just tough. There's no way around that. It sucks. Um, now, Stipe wasn't even offered the, uh, like to, to continue to fight. Apparently that was a rumor that went around that he wasn't even offered. Like they they just said, okay, fights off. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that was kind of shocking. Um, and it took roughly like after the John Jones news broke, because I think that, uh, Dana White went in like full zero dark 30 and dropped the video like 4am. Yeah, yeah. Regarding the regarding the injury, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was on it. He was on. I mean, that's your that's your heavyweight champ. That's your yeah, star. That's your guy. It's yeah. your guy. It's been the face of the UFC for a while, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's your guy. He's your big ticket. Um, but <clears throat> I guess so. It, it came out twenty four to forty eight hours later that Stipe didn't get offered the fight. He came out personally and said it that he never got offered the 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 re- whatever that fight would be, right? The makeup fight. He never the, got uh, offered The interim, that. I guess it would be the interim. Yeah, it, it'd be the interim, yeah. So he never got offered that fight, um, which makes you lead to believe now that, was that fight just set up for, like, history? The I think it's just, a mo- it's just a moneymaker. I mean, uh, it's definitely a moneymaker. Did you see some of those ticket prices? 112K for a ticket? Yeah, but is that, like, is that getting sold? We don't know oh, if yeah, that's no, actually no, getting it's, sold. I, I, I'm pretty sure I thought I saw it said uh, most expensive ticket that was bought for UFC 295 was $112,000. Holy fuck. Do you get a walk out with John Bones? <laughs> that's insane, dude. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah. So now people apparently are pissed that they can't get their money back and he's not fighting. But, I mean, listen. That's, that's the, the, fight, the, fight, that's the fight game. That's the fight game, buddy. <laughs> that's exactly – yeah, it's the fight game. Like, take it or leave it, you know? So um, – but those people – I mean, if you're, if you're trying to sell your ticket for that event because you're not – you don't get to see John Jones – um, you're an idiot because the the makeup fight is is not great. It's, I mean, I'm sorry, it's not as great as the Jones fight would have been. It's great though. 
It's Pavlovich versus Aspinall for the interim heavyweight championship of the world. My God, I can't wait for this one, dude. This is going to be sick. This is going to be an unbelievable fight. Absolute um, banger. Absolute banger. And, the up-and-comers. And if, yeah, it's the up-and-comers. And if I'm not mistaken, these guys got two mega pay raises off, off that John Jones fight getting moved. Yeah, I, I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, they got paid big time now because they move in like this was always the co main. No, it wasn't the co main. No, so they it move in no, it wasn't. So they move into the co main position. So these guys are making a big buck too. Oh, Tom yeah. Aspinall's had huge hype, especially after the injury. He comes back, he wins his his last fight, and I, I think everyone says he deserves this shot, right? Oh, a million percent. As as does Pavlovich. I mean, those guys have earned it. So it's going to be a hell of a fight. It's pretty much a pick 'em. You got Aspinall with a slight favorite, minus one twenty. Pavlovich a plus one hundred underdog. I'm not betting on any on either guy. Uh, this this fight is gonna. I just I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy. This is gonna be a banger. Um, and then you got you still got Yuri and Alex as the headline. I mean, that's it's a great headline. It's still a pretty decent card. It's it's not. It didn't take that much of a hit. I don't like. At least I don't think. I mean, if you're not no. if you're not a mega UFC fan, then, you know, you might look at this card and be a little underwhelmed, but if you're guys like us who follow the sport pretty, I wouldn't say religiously, but pretty, pretty well, um, I mean, this is still a pretty good card. No, it is. Um, John Jones obviously was the big ticket on the entire card, but the card structure from top to bottom was still pretty solid. Like, I'm looking... I'm looking forward to the Mackenzie Dern Jessica Andrade fight. Like, that fight is going to be great as well. That one's going to be good. Uh... I mean, you got you got your boy uh, Matt Frivola is fighting on there. That's gonna be a banger. Uh, Diego Lopes Lopez Lopes. I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, that's gonna be a banger. No, you got some good fights on there for sure. So definitely, definitely uh, still a card to look forward to. But uh, it's unfortunate what happened to John. Um, do you think he he'll be back? I think he'll be back. Yeah, he comes back, and uh, I guess now we start to lean more to what you were saying. And I think it was our our second or third episode where. Yeah, John's next fight is going to be uh, – he's, he's putting the gloves down after it. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, like, it just – it li- kind of just – this almost solidified it because of because they didn't offer Stipe the interim. So it's almost exactly. like – for both. but it's almost like solidified what I was saying about both guys is that it's it, this could this could have been a double retirement night. And I think if this fight ever does happen, it is still a double, a double retirement night. That's a fair thing to say. Um, it just sucks for John that an injury like this – happens like so late in his career tough like timing where, you know yeah where the age is getting to him a little bit and i also saw a stat that this is like the second time now in his entire career that he's ever had to miss a, uh, a ufc fight yeah i mean he's been one of the healthiest guys ever yeah he's, so. a, he's an iron man he's a ufc iron man <laughs> yeah so um it's tough uh still a great card we're looking forward to it um but we'll move right along i want to get no so let, let's Let's go. The, let's do the top three, like the last three fights on this card. I want to hear who you got. Okay, okay. Let's do so, that first. I like that. Uh, so yeah. we'll start off. We'll start off with Dern and uh, Andrade. Um, I gotta say, ah, man, that's tough. Wow. Hmm. You go first here, because I don't even. Ah, wow, that is a tough fight. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna probably say uh, Mackenzie Dern, and that's only based on the fact that. Um, She's just, she's a little bit more fresh, and her last fight that she had, because if I'm not mistaken, before, so she fought Angela Hill her last fight, uh, it was May 20th, actually, so honestly, Andrade is actually a little bit more active, I'm pretty sure she fought in August, so when she fought Angela Hill, Mackenzie Dern, first off, it was a five-round fight, um, because it was a fight night main event, or yeah, it was a main event fight night, so 
she she got her five rounds in there. She went all five, and Adam she put on a onslaught, an absolute onslaught. She I mean, had fuck. She had one knockdown. She had over two hundred and forty-seven strikes. She was hitting at seventy-two point six percent. She had over sixty percent on the significant strike rate. Like, and she was three from nine for from her takes down. So I think that she's gonna give. Jessica Andrade a lot to handle. I like Darren a lot in this fight, man. A lot. Okay. And fair. not forget, that's hey, that's Zuckerberg's girl. <laughs> Zuckerberg's girl. Only problem is Darren's coming, in, Darren's coming in at minus 200, so not much value, especially with, with the power that Andrade has. Um, so I, I would probably take that fight to just go the distance. That's fair. That's fair to say. Uh, it's a pretty good. I mean, you summarized it pretty good. It's just so – it's going to be so close. I mean, Andrade is good. I, I'm pretty sure she, isn't she coming off a pretty tough loss though, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, actually, she won her last fight. I'm trying to pull up her uh, her recent fights here as we go. I don't know, man. I mean, I guess ah, to me it's a pick 'em, and I guess I'll just I'll get the pod moving along here. I'll just yeah, actually, say you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Tatiana Suarez uh, beat Jessica Andrade. It was a round two submission. Uh, yeah. It was the Sanhagen font card. So. You're right, but Tatiana Suarez is an upcoming. She's 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 good stuff, man. She's an upcoming strawweight in the in the yeah. division. No, Andrade has um, fought nothing but tough competition her last few fights. Yeah. She's actually she's actually lost three straight. Um, yeah, submission KO and submission Blanchfield, uh, Zhao Nan, and Suarez. So now let's not forget. We'll talk about Blanchfield at some point throughout our podcasting career here. This girl is the real deal, man. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. She um, is the real deal. She'll get she'll get her dues. Don't worry. We'll come around to to uh, Aaron Blanchfield. But I mean, it's tough. We, it's she tough. caught she caught our eye. She I guess Aaron Blanchfield caught her eye when she destroyed Molly Meatball. Yeah, that was impressive. That was very impressive. Yeah, Unexpected. and that was when yeah when Molly Meatball was was cooking. She was on yeah, that little bit of a heater. Off. Yeah, she was yeah. coming off the uh, the spinning back fist, right? Yeah, yeah, the spinning back fist knockout there. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, uh, we'll definitely, I mean, I don't know. I guess if I got to give a pick here, I'll go Dern. I'll go Dern just for the, that's a pick em. I don't know. Just for the sake of making a pick, I'll go Dern. Um, All right, I like that. Uh, next one here, Aspinall and Pavlovich. I'm going Aspinall. I'm going Aspinall. End of the day, I'm going Aspinall. I think he has a little bit more to his game than Pavlovich. I think Pavlovich is a little bit more, um, or like, they're both great on the feet. Um, I think Aspinall's got a little bit more of a ground game than Pavlovich, and I could see him getting some kind of submission finish here. And I'm not knocking Sergey's ground game either because I know he's got a good one too. It's such a close fight again. But I think I think Aspinall sneaks away with this one by submission. I think that Aspinall has to be aware of Sergey Pavlovich's power, Adam. It's got a lot I of think power. That that, uh, it's got a lot of power. Um, and I think that might catch Tom a little bit off guard. Now you're right. Tom's, Tom Aspinall's ground game is out of this world. That's the reason why he's making his way up the ranking is I think he's just so he's impressive. got knockout power too. He's got knockout yeah, power he's, too. He's got knockout power too, but he's so impressive on the ground as a heavyweight um, that that might be a lot for Sergey to handle. This is going to be a great fight. So I'm going to be on the other side of the fence. I'm taking Pavlovich by knockout in the second wow. round. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's going to, that, yeah, that may actually be my pick of the week. Uh, if I just spoiled it there, but I, <laughs> I really, I really do think that Sergey Pavlovich is, is going to make a name for himself in the UFC as he already has. I mean, this Curtis Blades knockout. I, this this people that are on the Curtis Blades wagon like it's ridiculous. I think the guy's <laughs> trash, to be honest with you. But he cleaned Curtis Blades' clock, dude. No, I mean he's got power. He's got a lot of power. Um, 
But again, I, I don't know. It'll be close. It'll be very close. It'll, I think it'll be an absolute banger. I hope it's not a dud. I think it'll be a banger. Um, it won't be a dud. I guess it's fair to say that this uh, this is obviously not going the distance. No, no, I, I can't I can't imagine this thing goes the distance. Not a chance. No. Which that would be a dud. If, if if this fight were to go to the distance, that would be a dud. I mean, unless it's an absolute war and it goes the distance, then sure. But with the with the kind of power these guys would be throwing, if it if it does become a war like that, there's there's no way one of them doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't go out. So, well, uh, I mean, it's a great fight. Um, uh, I guess yeah. we can move Sergei, on to the last one. Yes, yeah, just not to mention Sergey Pavlovich round two knockout. Okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last Pereira one, the main event. And Prohashka. This fight ain't gonna disappoint. No, this is gonna be. This is potentially. This might be the fight I'm looking forward to most this year. Other than the Shug fight, this might be the fight I'm looking forward to most this year. I think. I mean, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be great. Basically, a pick 'em as well. Pereira at minus 150, Prohashka at plus 125. I mean, Yuri coming back off the shoulder. Pereira, he's he's been active, so he's he's fresh. He's ready to go. Oh wow. I um. I think that Pereira, uh, I think Pereira gets the job done. That's for that's. Uh, yes. Get right in there. So you're, wow, you're gonna say Pereira right away. Yeah, right, right off the bat. Yeah, right off the bat. <laughs> you're not you're not gonna put any any sugar on top of it. You're not gonna tell us why. It's it's gonna be a striking clinic, and. I just think the way we saw Yuri fight against Glover, how open he was to some of those strikes from Glover. Pereira's such a better striker than Glover is, and they train together. Not to mention, so I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Pereira. I think he. I think he catches him, and and we got we got a light heavyweight champion in Alex Pereira. So, I think that Pereira has the upper hand, like you mentioned, because he he's train he's training with Glover. Uh, and Glover's seen with Yuri's stuff, right? He, he knows what he's got. So I think that helps him out a lot. I just hope that – I just really hope that Alex Pereira has been working on his ground game a lot, Adam, because I think this thing can go to the ground too, and I think if it does go to the ground, this is Yuri's fight to lose. Yeah, Pereira did not look good on the ground against Jan at all. No, so no, Jan not at all. Yeah, um, but that, mean, that means that gives him a lot of time uh, to get better at it. Yeah. Now that, yeah. that injury was insane. But he's had a lot of time off, man. So um, that's not to mention that he's been working. So this is going to be a good fight. That's why it all goes back to what we were saying. I really don't think that this card's going to disappoint with John Bones Jones and Stipe not being on it. No, I think this this has potential to be the card of the year. It really does. So uh, what's your pick? You never gave a pick here. Yeah, I'm going to go. Pro- I'm going to go Yuri. Wow. And I'm going to go right. Yuri, and, and I'm going to go Yuri by decision. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I like that. All right. Yeah, yeah, Yuri by decision. I just think that uh, obviously he's got a gas tank. But before he got injured, Yuri was legit, dude. Like he was completely yeah. legit. Yeah. So, um, and if we're not mistaken, Alex Alex Pereira has never gone five rounds yet, right? Uh, not in the UFC, you know. No, not in the UFC. So, I mean, it got I don't close know. that it's, last one. It's hard. It's hard to put a pick on Yuri because he, the guy hasn't fought in so long, and is, and the, you got to go back. The most recent fight was was the Glover one. You got to go back to that, and just the way he looked there, he looked he looked open. He looked like he had a lot of openings. Uh, he looked exposed. He looked exposed. That's what I'll say. So, I don't know. I, I gotta go. I gotta go Pereira just because he's been more active. Uh, that his power is unmatched. Um, but it's gonna be a hell of a fight no matter what. It will be. So if I'm not mistaken, that card starts at eight. Beautiful MSG. It's going to be special. Um, so, yeah, tune in. That's November 11th, Saturday, November 11th. Remembrance Day. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. All right, well, uh, moving right along, I guess we can move on from UFC now. Um, and uh, let's get into some football. I want to get into some football, and I want to start with the Bengals. They're back. <laughs> uh, I, I, I said on that last part, actually, I don't even think it got released. It was the one that had the uh, corrupt uh, corrupt uh, footage. <laughs> but but I said, I said, if the Bengals can figure it out after the bye week, look they'll out. be in good shape. Look out. Yeah, yeah look out. Yeah. Uh, Joey B's back. Joey B's healthy. Joey B's back. Um, look out. <laughs> That guy was throwing dimes against the 49ers, dude. He was moving in that pocket better than he has all season. He looked fantastic. And and like like we were saying, like we were saying, oh, the, the Bengals are done. The Bengals are washed. They're done. They stink. No, they just didn't have a quarterback who can move. When you got an immobile quarterback, you're going to suck no matter what team you are. I don't care who it is. Dude, the, now that he's moving, they're back. The offense is buzzing. They got more flow to the game. They, they, they're just – they look so much more confident out there. Every player, every player looks way more confident. Uh, I was surprised at how well the O-line held up against that 49ers team, um, which we'll get into them because I don't know what is going on with them, three straight losses. But Well, they, they, they got injuries and shit. But. Yeah, but the, uh, the, Bengal, the Bengals look good. They got a tough matchup against your Bills, uh, Sunday Night Football coming up. That'll be that, – I mean, that game's going to happen before this pod gets released. But yeah. that's their next game. Uh, after that, you got the Texans, then the Ravens, and then the Steelers. So it doesn't get much easier, but man, has the uh, has the the mindset shifted a little bit on this team because uh, a couple key wins, and now they're they're in a much better spot than they were a couple weeks ago. Yeah, the only thing that's gonna that handicap them a little bit is they're probably out of the. They probably won't win the AFC North just because Baltimore's kind of running away with it a little bit. Well, they're six and two. I mean, you got a big game. That that game against Baltimore is going to be huge. I think yeah, it's yeah, be huge. Any, exactly. I mean, any divisional games are going to be huge for the Bengals here on out. Yeah. So I mean, it's must win for the next four weeks in a row. I think. Yeah. You got I mean, you've won three straight. You got to win another four straight at least. Well, um, here's a stat. Here's a we'll stat that I there. want you to think. Here's a stat that I want you to think of. The Bengals are four and zero against non-conference teams. 0-3 against conference teams. Yeah, but 0-3 against conference teams with without a quarterback. So. Yeah, but I mean 0-2 in your division. Uh, without a quarterback. It's just like, listen, Joe, Joey B goes down, it's over for the Bengals. Everybody knows 100%. that. 100%. I mean, we got a I, glimpse of it. We saw it. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, it was looking like the old Bengals days, man. <laughs> it wasn't looking good. It wasn't looking good. But it's all right now. Uh, the problem is the AFC North, even though it's just your, your Cleveland and Steelers, and, and I mean, the Ravens have actually been really good this year, but the Steelers and the Browns, it, it, it's, a, it's, a sandpaper, it's a sandpaper division. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It is. It's, it is, teams, it is that just, it's teams that got no quit. A lot of grit. A lot of yeah. grit in the AFC North. So, yeah, I mean, we'll hop on the Bengals. We'll hop on the Bengals. Yes, they're, they're going to figure it out here. Joey B's got to stay healthy. He's they're too good. Stay, they're too good not to. He's, He's got to stay healthy. But I really want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Six oh, and two. Been, the six and two Jacksonville Jaguars. Six and two Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's not to mention that they're also on a five-game heater. Yeah, they're they're buzzing. They are they absolutely are buzzing. buzzing. Um, they would be a great future pick to win to win the Super Bowl. I said it at the beginning of the year. They were like, honestly, I think they were twenty-eight to one or twenty-nine to one or something like that. And I was thinking. Man, they actually looked pretty good last year when they played the Chargers. They in in the uh, it was out in the wild card game last year, and they were down like twenty seven nothing, and then they ended up coming back. And I'm like thinking to myself, man, Jacksonville's got that team where if they just get well, they got Ridley back this year. They didn't have Ridley at all last year from from making the parlays, so they get him <laughs> back. And 
They're they're looking like a complete football club now. Yeah, they look dangerous. They definitely look dangerous. Trevor Lawrence is slinging it back there. Uh, they look good. They look real good. They look like they got all the pieces, you know. I mean, so their next game is they play the they play the 49ers now. Uh, it's going to be tough. With, like you said, the 49ers are coming off three straight losses. Yeah, yeah I mean, last, they're, they're not going to lose. In our last straight. pod. No, our last pod, we were stroking the shit out of them, too. So, yeah, that's true, yeah. Like, but that's also because CMC has just been an absolute machine. Oh, he's, a, he's, he's a record setter, that guy. Yeah, he's a record setter. He's a cheat code yeah. right now. So it, that's going to be a tough game for Jacksonville. If they could pull away with that, look out, because they play the Titans and they play the Texans, and that division is gone for. Well, let's let's get let's get right into the opponent there, the 49ers. I did want to talk about them. I mean, they're 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 in Shambletown right now. They, uh, I mean, Brock Purdy looks like he forgot how to play football. He went from two interceptions all season to five in the last three games. I think the stat was. What is going on with the 49ers? It's tough because, like, were they just hot at the beginning? I mean, you're, I'm starting to think so. I, I mean, no, though. Like, they got so many good pieces. There's no way they could have just been hot. Like, there's no way. They've put up now, just 17 points each of the last three weeks. Only 17. So, so, so Debo's, Debo's been out, and obviously uh, IAUK ain't doing what he was doing the first three weeks of the season where he was no, putting but, up insane numbers. But Purdy like, ain't slinging it to him anymore, though. It's like he's, yeah, he's exactly. not doing it. Now, let's talk about Chase Young, the addition of Chase Young. That is insane. But it hasn't been the defense that's been the problem for them. If you go, let's go back on the losses. You lose nineteen to seventeen to the Browns. That's tough. It's okay. You're gonna move on because you got the Vikings that's next a week. It's a missed field goal. That yeah, was the missed field exactly. Goal. Yeah, the Jake Moody missed field goal. So you, you move on. You move on to the Vikings. It's okay. You're gonna lose a game here and there. Then you lose twenty two seventeen to the Vikings, and you're like, okay, weird. Defense didn't give up a ton of points though. Twenty two is not a ton. That's beatable. Not a ton. Not great, but beatable. Then you get shit pumped by the Bengals, 31-17. And now you're left wondering what is what is going on. Going into a bye week, too, you're left wondering what is going on. Now, the bye week is probably a positive, though. Probably a positive for them, yeah. I would think so. you got to figure out what's going on, what's happening with your quarterback. And I mean, he, was, I now, mean, he played concussed is, is what the speculation was against the Bengals. But, I mean, and also not having Debo, right? That doesn't help either. Yeah, but, yeah, but you, you know what? you got such a dynamic offense, though, with Kittle and Ayuk and CMC. Like, you, you don't – like, I'm not going to say you don't need Debo. Obviously, you need Debo. But you can make do without one of one piece of that offense. You can easily. Well, you, I don't know. You got it. You have to. I don't know. I don't know if the I don't know if the fucking truck can run without CMC in the backfield, buddy. Okay, maybe not CMC, but without Debo, I mean, you got you have to make do. You have to. There's no way you can't. Not with all those pieces. There's no excuse for that. There's, I'll give you. I'll give you that. If they don't have CMC, they're fucked. But with with with, with I don't know. With a healthy CMC, healthy Kittle, healthy Ayuk. I mean. I don't know. I guess it's just an unhealthy party. I don't know. Or yeah, or maybe we're just getting a, like these are like you're gonna start to get in the weeks. We're on what now? Week nine. We're entering week nine. Yeah. Tonight. Tonight was the start of week nine. It's it's Titans and uh, and Steelers as we're recording here. So it's week nine, dude. As you get to week twelve and week thirteen, those are the dog days of the, of the season, man. That's where I was predicting that the 49ers were gonna fall off. This is a little bit early. This is trouble. So this is trouble. Yeah, this is this is trouble. Now they can turn it around against Jacksonville, but like like we just talked about, Jacksonville's a great football, great football team, and they're gonna come to play and they know how to put up points. 
Well, it's it's not getting it's not getting any easier for the for them either. I mean, Jacksonville, as you're saying, is, is they know how to put up points big time. Then you got the Bucks, which you should beat the Bucks. Then you got the Seahawks, which will be a tough game. Then you got the Eagles, which will be a tough game. Then you got the Seahawks again, which will be a tough game. So the next five weeks after the bye, they got to buckle up. They got to dial in and they got to play some good football, get back to what they were doing at the start of the year, or else they are in some serious trouble. So are you uh, are you taking the label off them as Super Bowl favorites? Um, unhealthy, yes. I guess you could say that about any team, but unhealthy the way they are right now, yeah, not a chance. There's no way. They just look like they just look like they're missing a major piece every time they're not healthy. Where there's other teams that could find a way to get the W. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. They're they're very very beatable right now. That's the problem. They're very beatable. So they they got some stuff to figure out, but um. Yeah, I mean, is there anything else really you want to touch on in the? Uh, I want I want to just tap on. Uh, I just want to tap on over to uh, if we got any uh, German German listeners because we got uh, we got the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Miami Dolphins. They are this, rolling this into week. town, yeah. Frankfurt, Germany. Yeah, and I, I've been loving these games that the NFL has been doing, um, where they go overseas like that and they play a football game. It just grows the game a little bit more. Um, and I also don't mind the 9 a.m. start on a Sunday. I mean. Your Sunday's dedicated to football to begin with. Let's at night, why now not you're start, getting like a full 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, let's. why not start at 9 a.m., get the exactly. beers flowing at 9 a.m.? 100%. Um, so I love what they're doing. And I also think that the Bills have a great opportunity here because I think the Chiefs, Chiefs can beat the Dolphins, which, which opens up that uh, AFC East, that top spot, if the Bills get the job done. It's going to be tough for the Bills to get going when they're 5-4, five and, five and four, though. They're 5-3 and three right now. They're going to lose Sunday, and it's going to be tough for them to, to kind of work their way through that, right, from 5-4. and four. Yeah. That's a Bengals guy talking. I forgot talking to a wall. <laughs> forgot, forgot. Yeah, but I think I, th- I think really I think really though the Chiefs can get the job done against the Dolphins, and then now we get a little bit of we get a little bit of animosity going on in that AFC East. Uh, it's 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 a fun time right now to be to be a football fan. We'll say that. We'll sum it up with that. There's a lot going on in the league. We can't get into everything right now. We don't want to. We we could probably get this pod going for at least three hours if we talked about everything we want to talk about. So we'll <laughs> we'll cap it there at the NFL because we still got to dive into to some NHL news, which is what this pod's about. It's a hockey pod through and through, like we said. So let's dive let's dive into some NHL news. Um, you want to start with the Leafs or you want to start uh, I, out in I Western start, Canada? No, I actually want to start. With the Ottawa Senators. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, let's go. Let's go. I, let's go I right to Shambletown. The, let's go to I, Shambletown. I want to go to Poverty Village. <laughs> I want to go to Poverty, Poverty Village over there. Because are they running a farm over there? <laughs> what is going on? So, oh, it's a daycare. It's a daycare. So first off, Dorian out. And if I don't know. I'm, I'm sure we got listeners that obviously listen to Spit and Chicklets. And I saw that Biz called it because he had a, he had a whisper. He had a whisper from the Sens, a Sens fan nearby that knew that Dorian was out. And everyone thought when that news was breaking, when, when Biz talked about that, that everyone's like, how could Dorian be out? Like, you know, he, he picked up Tarasenko in the offseason. Uh, and everything, everyone was liking the way that they were looking. But then the three-game losing streak that, that hit the Sens uh, just recently, I'm pretty sure they actually lost tonight against the Kings. They were down 3 nothing last time yeah, I checked. They, they did lose. They um, lost 3-2. And great. then it comes out that uh, they absolutely fire the shit out of Dorian, and they now got to cough up a pick in either 2024, 2025, or 2026, all due to the Dadnoff situation. That was, yeah. what, a year ago now? Almost uh, a, a little, year ago. Uh, no, two years ago. I think it was 2021. They are really? in complete shambles, and I love every second of it. We're gonna let's start right from the beginning of the news of the Sens this week with the Shane Pinto forty-one game suspension. Um, I mean that is insane. I know he's not playing for them right now, but what like that's just 
what is that? How do you suspend a guy forty-one games and and then don't you don't even say why? So did you did you end up seeing the scoop on Twitter of of what exactly went down with Pinto? I did not actually know. Uh, okay, so get this. This is this is actually kind of crazy. So um, obviously not signed. Now I understand he's an RFA, restricted free agent. His rights are still owned by the Sens and the whole bit, which means that he probably has to follow an umbrella stuff when it comes to league rules, right? Even though you're not signed by the team, you're owned. You're not unrestricted. So he's probably got to follow some rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think his, he was out of province, which means he wasn't in Ontario. And um, one of his buddies signed into his account to place a bat. Let's just call it parlays because we love parlays out here. Oh, no place way. A par- place a parlay on football. Wait, what? On, on football. It wasn't and even the, NA, the NHL rule is no players can bet on anything on any of these sports apps, right? So I mean, I'm sure a ton of them use bookies, and that's what's just completely that's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire but, life. But Wait, what? Exactly. So that's exactly what happened. It was a, it's you know when when you're going through and you're signing up to all these betting apps, there's a ton of terms and services that you got to agree to, and I think it's called like I'm probably butchering the name here, but it's like proxy stealing. Like you're, you're not in the actual location when you're placing this bet. So yeah. that's what happened. One of his buddies here placed, tried to sign in and place the bet. And one of the, one of the companies ended up reporting it to the league. And that's what happened. Now, 41 games is insane to me. But why did he have the account in the first place, though? If it's banned, he shouldn't even have the account, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to the root hey, of the problem. Hey, when, <laughs> hey, when you love when you love the books, you love the books, Adam. <laughs> That's true. That's always true. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Yeah, the um, plus minus speaks to you. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the 41 games is out of this world, um, especially for a guy. I mean, he's, he was probably missing the season anyways. It didn't seem like they had much traction at all in terms of a contract. No, but- and let's not to mention Shane Pinto's a great hockey player. But is this is this forty one games from when he signs the contract, or is it? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You have to oh, be so active. He's not even serving any of those games right now. No, he's not serving any of those games. So oh, I think his blows. best option would his best option would probably be to go overseas, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That blows. Wow, that sucks. Go um, play in the KHL. Get on the gas a little bit. Make your rupees, and you're good to go. I mean, if the Sens are smart, they would just sign him. I guess if they don't want to use him this year, sign him with 41 games when there's 41 games left in the year and then he serves out the suspension and they just get to go for next year. Like, I don't know. That's such a weird – but I guess they don't have a GM to do that right now, really. If we're gonna, <laughs> It's a good segue right there, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, Dorian out. Dorian out. That clown is gone. Um, I mean, I guess they were sour about the Debrinkat. I mean, lighten it up in, in Detroit. That's got to sting, Sens fans. That sucks. Um, they're 4-5 and five now. That sucks. Um <laughs> I, I mean, they are in shambles. I love every second of it. I love it so much, but they're in absolute shambles. So I agreed with what their owner said where, like, uh, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because he's right in the fact that he shouldn't have to inherit what the previous management did. But, I mean, that's just the rules of the road, buddy. Yeah, you sign, you sign the contract, guy. Like, you're in. You, it's your team. Like, you're telling, me, you're telling me that losing your first-round pick in either 2024, 25, or 26 would change your mind in purchasing an NHL team? Yeah, well, I no. I mean, accor- well, according to Sens fans, they, they're ready to win the Cup. They're ready to make a run. So, a first-round pick shouldn't mean, mean shit for them, really. I mean, if they're ready to make yeah. the Cup run. It's going to be 31 or 32. Yeah, <laughs> this, at this rate. Yeah, yeah, this At this yes. rate, it's looking like number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then they got two – don't they have injuries going on right now as well? Uh, I do think they're a little banged up. But, um, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with them really because their roster is – I mean, I'm looking at who played tonight. 
I mean, I'm not seeing any names missing, really. I mean, everybody's here. Tarasenko, Giroux, Batherson, Kachuk, uh, Chikrin, Bernard Docker. Uh, Josh Norris? Everybody's playing. Josh Norris is playing. He scored tonight. Um, everybody's playing. Norris. Matthew Joseph's playing. So, I don't know what the excuse. Tim Stutzel, that guy stinks, though, but he's playing. I mean, I don't know what the excuse is. Oh, uh, Jake Sanderson, the, the future Norris trophy winner that they said. Remember the Sens fans were saying he's a future Norris defenseman? Yeah, um, yeah. He was a dash one tonight with twenty in twenty six minutes, but future Norris guy for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're in shambles. They, uh, I mean, I think, I guess it was the Debrinkat. You lose Debrinkat, and then, and then the 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 Dadanoff situation was just so embarrassing for the league. Like that was just like, what are you doing? You just you yeah. Look so like give frickin- the con- give the contacts on on the whole Dadnov situation because it so, happened so long ago. Yeah, I got to go off memory here. I think it was basically they tried to trade him to to the to the gold. Was it to the Golden Knights or or it, it was it was to, to the, the Golden Knights. No, it was to the Golden Knights. Um, and he no, was no, on no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't because he ended up on the Golden Knights. He still played. Oh, it was to the Ducks. It was to the Ducks. It was to the Ducks. Yes, yeah. So then, so they tried to trade him to the Ducks. Ducks were on his no trade list. Something happened where they didn't get the no trade list in time, or something. I'm this is jogging my memory here a little bit, but something happened where they didn't get the no trade list or in, or in time or didn't get it at all, and they they, they put the trade, the trade through. Then when the trade went through, and and his agent called and said, "Hey, this is on the no trade list." It was a whole big thing. Uh, to sum it up, trade got vetoed, and then uh, he ended up. On the on the Golden Knights, I believe, right? Uh, Dad and all. Yep. yep. So, I mean that that's a, that, that worked out for him. They, I mean, I don't know. It's good for him, I guess. But it's just a weird situation. That's uh, just how do you mishandle that as a, as a general manager? I just think that it was just inexperienced people. And every single time I saw Dorian, because I, I watch quite a bit of those press conferences with the GMs, especially Canadian teams as well, and it just seemed like that guy always has an excuse, man. Oh, he's lost. He was lost. He's a clown. He was a clown. He was lost. There's always there's always something. Now, I really don't think that he tried hard enough to keep the brink at as an Ottawa senator. The the rumor came out that he didn't want to be there because he didn't want to be there because of that top line role. But dude, the Brinkat's one hell of a hockey player. Like he's a forty goal guy every day, every year. He's a forty goal guy. Yeah, so, I'm not sure what the Brinkat slander was all about. That guy's a great player. You pay that guy nine million dollars, dude. Like, that's what you do. You, you keep that guy on your team because that guy scores goals. And as of right now, that Ottawa Senators team struggles to score goals. Oh, so, no, but they got Tarasenko, though. They got Tarasenko. They got, a, they got an old man in Tarasenko. <laughs> oh, they're so done. That, they're so done. Like, that, that cup was so long ago in St. Louis when Tarasenko won that. And honestly, he wasn't that big of a factor. No, he wasn't. So, he wasn't that big of a factor. So... It's, it's ridiculous. It really is. Now, I think that they're a dark horse to, to try and get Patty Kane. They're probably going to be kicking tires on Kane because Patty Kane help. is not going to Ottawa. Dude. But he won't go there. He's but he won't go there. Exactly. There. He won't go there. But no. they will make a, they're going to make a panic move. Oh, for sure. That's all they've been doing is making panic moves, man. They stink. They're so confused. They don't know what's going on. Oh, I love every second of it, though. I mean, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's fun to watch. A um, couple other teams in shambles, too. Uh, up here in Canada, the Oilers and the Flames. Which one do you want to dive into first? Because they both suck. Let's. And I feel bad. I I feel really bad, especially for Flame fans because they're they're Canadians bread and butter too. They love their team, 
and it's been an embarrassment for the last 16 months. <laughs> yeah, they the, can't seem to the figure it out. Flames. I guess we'll, st- we'll start there. We'll start. We'll start. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with the team with with the fans that we feel bad for, which is which is Flames fan. Um, yeah. Two seven and one on the year, uh, minus 16 goal differential. Uh, what is going on in Calgary? Because I thought in our preseason prediction there, I had them bouncing back. I thought it was Daryl Sutter that was handicapping this team. I thought I liked their offseason moves. I thought they were ready to go, reared up for a good comeback season. Huberto was going to pop off. Kadri was going to finally find a stride out there. Uh, I mean, Hannafin, I thought was going to be good. Uyghur, they have good pieces. Uh, what What is happening out, out in Calgary? You know that, like... You know when you got a feeling that you can have all these great guys and then it just seems like they just don't gel? Yeah. They don't gel together. I, I feel like that's what's going on in Calgary. And maybe it's Well, too they're missing a number right one now. center. They don't have a number they're one mi- center. Yeah, they don't have a number one center. They're on a six-game losing streak. Uh, it's like if this continues for another two, three weeks, is it, it's going to start to look like Daryl Sutter was not the problem. Did we just find two potential uh, trade partners in the Calgary Flames and the Ottawa Senators if the woes continue for both teams? Yeah, I, I would <laughs> agree. So, I mean, listen, Calgary fans wake up every morning, they take a look at the standings, and they're sitting they're, – they just bought real estate right next to the San Jose Sharks. You don't want to be <laughs> you, you don't, you don't be close to that team. I mean, they have gotten off to one of the worst NHL starts ever in 0-8. We won't even give them the light of day. They're a couple, they're a couple games away from the worst, the worst start ever. So we'll, we'll talk about that when they get there, but – yeah, but I mean, Calgary's got 10 games played. That's the most right now, really, out of any NHL team. A lot of them are, are sitting at 10, anywhere between 8 and 10. Yeah, and, no more than uh, 10. And, yeah, and, and they're, they're, they're on a six-game losing streak. And you're right, it just it doesn't seem like it's clicking now. I'm sure you saw that, that clip come across of uh, Zadorov talking, just saying that there's a lot of people that have personal accolades on this team, and it's not really uh, – they're not playing as a team. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're writing them off right now. Listen – you're 10 games into the year. You got 72 to go. You're a week, you're a good week away from from putting this back together. You know what I mean? Like having a good week, win three or four games in a week span and and, and you're right back in the thick of things. You're okay. Um, it's going to be a battle now that you're sitting where you are with seven losses already on on the slate through October, but it's a long season for a reason. I <laughs> didn't mean to rhyme there, but it uh the, they'll, they'll be all right. I think they'll be all right. I think they'll get it figured out. You're gonna go, there's highs and lows in every season. It's the it's the the, the cliche, but they'll they'll figure it out. They're too good not to, man. They got too many good pieces not to figure it out. Do I think they need to make a, a bit of a move, maybe just to shake things up if it continues for another week or so? But I don't think they got to do too much. I think they got the right pieces, maybe just some in the wrong place. Yeah, you're right. Um, goals goals are tough to come by when when the Calgary Flames are playing. They don't really score much. Uh, and the problem is they just make lackadaisical errors. Like, last night against Dallas, the play behind the net when Markstrom had the puck and just kind of gave it away. Like, it's like they're just making these weird plays at these weird times, and it's it's burning them every single time. It burns well, they're, them. They're too much in their head. They're too much in their head. I mean, they're, they gotta, they got to just kind of, you know, go with the flow of things and, and, and just play their game. I think that's, what, that's what's going to help them get out of this funk. And they're professionals. They'll get the job done. They know what they're doing, but... Um, they got a, hey, they got a lot of workhorses on that team that you know that play hard, man. They they, they really do. do. Like, they do. Like Katri plays hard. Majapani plays hard. Rasmus Anderson plays hard. Like these guys play play hard. So you could tell that they're not happy in that dressing room to begin with. And it, it's it's stemming all from last year too, where this is the same Calgary Flames team that we saw that was put on the ice last year. It's just 
these lackadaisical errors that cost them, especially when games are tight. That game was 2-2, man, when they gave up that goal, when Markstrom gave up that puck behind the net. Like, who's on who's a power behind play. the bench for them now? Who's, who, who came in to replace Sutter? <sighs> I can tell you here in one second. I know that they changed everything up because they went and got uh, Corey Sarich, right? Was it Sarich as their GM? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So they went and changed everything up from top to bottom. So th- that's why the the first thing is you can't point at management when it comes to the Calgary Flames. Now maybe it's management decisions that were made 16 months ago with additions and stuff like that. But you can't blame that on current management right now. So Ryan Huska is their uh, head coach. Ryan Huska. I don't know. I I want to say that he was uh, the Stockton coach. Maybe I could be wrong with that. I'm not sure who he is to be honest. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Yeah, he was actually. Yeah, he was. He was a Stockton Heat coach. So okay. Or so he yeah, was. Or I, sorry, that was in 2015. In 2018, hired as a Flames assistant coach. So I guess he he just he came a, right. He was a, yeah from the assistant to the head coach. I guess so. But he's not interim though. It's not an interim head coach. He's, he's no a no. Coach. They, yeah, they gave him full time position. This is his team. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, but like I said, I think the Flames figure it out. Um, without having to make too many ma- major, major panic moves. I think I think the answer's in the room with that team. You know where I think the answer is not in the room? Edmonton. <laughs> Edmonton, uh, Alberta. They actually just they just bought real estate in sixth. Uh, they're in sixth position in the Pacific. So they're buying real estate right next to the San Jose Sharks. And the yeah, Flames. they're, <laughs> they're markets, to the left of the Sharks, Flames are to the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually <laughs> share a backyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, you want to talk about a team that is an absolute shambles. They're down 4-1 right now live to the Dallas Stars, so they're well on, in the third period. So they're well on their way to another loss. They're sitting at, let me get the record here, 2-5-1, uh, and one, probably about to be 2-6-1, and one, minus 11 goal differential. Things are not much, be- much better out there in Edmonton. Um, all of Alberta's in shambles right now, it seems like, really. Yeah, but all of Alberta's in shambles. What That's is, fair to say. I mean, I, I know they had no McDavid for a few games, but I thought Dreisaitl was Mr. He's, he's number two in the world. He's so good. That got exposed a little bit over the last few games, no, without McDavid? No, so, 100%. So, now, obviously, McDavid's a huge loss. I mean, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying, you know, whatever, but I, I, I said it all along to the people who were saying that Dreisaitl is a, is a number two player in this world. No, he's not. Um, he's very good. He's, he's probably a top 10 to 15 player in, 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 the, in the world for sure. But I'm not putting him at number two because without McDavid, he looks a lot more human out there. Um, now, yes, the loss kills them. But my God, this team, we've been saying the same thing for the last decade. I don't, I don't even know how long McDavid's been in the league for. But however long he's been in the league for is how long we've been saying this. They have no depth. They have zero depth, that team. They have nothing. Nothing beyond the second line. It, they're so thin in their bottom six. It's unbelievable. And they think they could compete for a cup with that bottom six. What are you talking? Like, who? Who? You want, hey, do you even want to talk about their goalie situation too? Like it's their bottom six. It's their it's their last two D pairing, and it's their goaltending. That's just everything has question marks. Their last two D pairing? I'd say their last four. Who do you, who do you got on defense that's actually good? You got Bouchard, who's decent. He's great on offense. Decent in his own end. Ekholm's a stud. Who who am I missing? Really? You, you want to talk about Cody Cece? Stinks. Vincent DeHarnay stinks. Brett Kulat stinks. Philip Broberg stinks. Their 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 decor is awful, and they got no depth. So and and the goaltending sucks. Stuart Skinner's brutal, and Jack Campbell doesn't know how to stop a beach ball. So what do you got? What do you got in this team? Really, you got nothing. You have McDavid and Drysaddle. That's it. And then Nugent Hopkins when he decides to show up, 
uh, Evander Kane every now and then. And I'm never going to knock Zach Hyman. I think he's a great hockey player. So that's pretty much it. That's we also like McLeod it. too. McLeod's pretty good. I like yeah, McLeod but, a lot. But you need more. You just need yeah. more. <sighs> I just think they got nothing. You're right. They have absolutely nothing. And the Edmonton Oilers have played the style where we're just going to outscore you and win. We're going to win the game 7-5. Oh, we you missed Darnell mean? Nurse on the back end. That's who I missed. But he sucks too. So I don't. Yeah, like, he's got he's got the worst contract I've ever seen. Yeah, my God. Yeah, but but no, you're right though. It is it is a score your way out of your problems uh, type of team, and that doesn't work. We've seen that every every season. There's been a few teams that try to play that model, and it doesn't work. They don't win the cup. It doesn't work. Uh, New Jersey. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they it might win around. Work, you man. might win around playing that style for sure. You could win around, but you're yeah, not but getting it's all, much it's the tight than games, that. right? You, you win. You're gonna win the championship when you play tight. You win tight games. Yeah, exactly, and they're they're just not capable. They, uh, I oh man, I I don't even know. Do you blow it up? Like, do you blow up? No, you can't. Bl- you can't. You can't blow it up only because you got McDavid. So you just can't. Uh, especially that contract's getting close to expiring. I, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. Do you just blow it up? Yeah, he's not I don't staying. Know. He's not gonna resign there. Are you crazy? He's not staying. Not a chance. Why would it's, he? It's it's crazy because. Uh, I honestly think that the the entire West is, is so ass until it gets to the conference finals, and then that's when the like these teams meet their true matchups, and so it that's why like that's why Colorado beat the wheels off them. You know what I mean? Like it, it's stuff like that where they they went around and everyone thinks, holy shit, Edmonton's a fucking cup favorite. They're 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 legit. <laughs> they're legit. They think that they think that after they play a good period in the playoffs. And let's not to mention that the Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup actually just happened last week when they beat Calgary in the Heritage Classic. <laughs> so that was the yeah, highlight I, of the season. Yeah. Oh, that was their highlight of the season. Their fans were loving that. They actually oh, thought yeah. that the entire ship was turning around. It was like, come home, red panties, <laughs> the whole bit. They were loving it. Yeah, they were eating that up. But yeah, no, they're uh, it's bad. It's bad. The, the I mean, I don't I I don't know. I don't know what you do because you need so many pieces. I you're right. Like the West is weird in a sense that. It is like once it gets down to that final four, they just for some reason become wagons every year. I don't know why that happens, but it does. But man, like I just don't see this. It's team because really Adam. Right. It's because the last four seasons. Fair to say, the last four seasons minus Vegas, right? Um, Vegas was unbelievable, and Colorado. But like those are the only two teams in the West. So the last four seasons, every East team has had to play a legit cup contender in the first round. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The, the matchups have been way tougher over there, so I guess you're just looking at those and you're looking at the comparison, and it's just, yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. You don't play a legit cup contender until you're in the, the conference finals in the West, and it, people could fight me on that, but I, I truly believe that. Like, it, it's a complete joke. Don't even get me started on that because I'll get going. Let's touch, on, <laughs> let's touch on one team that we pumped the shit out of them at the beginning of the year, and rightfully so, the Vegas Golden Knights. Stay hot, kids. Stay hot. Yeah, they're buzzing. Nine zero and one. Haven't lost in regulation yet. Um, they're cooking. They look great. I mean, they had a little bit of a, a, a sweat one out there against the the, the Habs, three uh, two in a shootout. Back to back shootout wins for them. Only team to beat them in in, in the, on the season so far in overtime was uh, was the Bedard Blackhawks. So that was cool. But man, they're just rolling, and they ju- they're still rolling. They're up three one right now, live on the Jets. So they're just. Oh man, they they look unbeatable, and they are to this point. Got a great game coming up against the Avs on on Saturday. I mean, this pod will be out after that game, so um, whatever happens there, we won't be able to talk about obviously. But that's going to be a hell of a game to look out for. 
Um, but I mean, their schedule. I mean, you just look at the schedule and like, how are you supposed to say they're going to lose any games if they haven't lost <laughs> one yet? I mean, it's just like. Yeah, exactly. I, I look at their schedule too, and I think that there's not a chance that these guys. I mean, they, they might get away with. Let's say they do lose. They're getting a point. They're going to get a point. Yeah, there's. You're not like. How are you beating this team in regulation? How are you going to do it? How, like nobody's figured it out yet. So how are you going to do it? Ducks aren't going to no, figure it out. Sharks. No, caps, their, their goals for their goals for and goals against is actually incredible. So let me give you a little bit of context here. So they got 38 goals for, 22 against. The team that's, that's in second in the Pacific, which is the Kings, and we'll get to them when we talk about the Leafs because that game was just a complete joke for the Kings Leafs. are not second in the Pacific. Oh, wait. They got four. Oh, it hasn't updated yet, but they are. You're okay. right. It's showing me the Canucks right now in second. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. We, we, I want to touch on them too, but we'll finish up with the Golden Knights first. Yeah. So for more context is that the, the Kings got 42 goals for but 33 against. The Golden Knights have 22 goals against. They are playing all ends of the ice, Adam. No, they look great. All ends of the ice. They look great. They're uh, they're a juggernaut. They're a juggernaut. They're they're a juggernaut, and they'll slowly. I, I don't know if they are. They they could be at the moment right now, but I, I would say that they're going to be Cup favorites probably to the end of the year if they continue this. We could talk about the 10 games in, but with this team coming off a of Stanley Cup. You know, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. It's fair It's fair to say that it's it's going to continue. So then let me ask you this. Does it continue out in BC? The Canucks are 6-2-1 and one right now. They're buzzing. They don't, they've only given up 21 goals this season, 36-4. Um, I mean, what is, what is going on right now? This team all of a sudden, I don't know where. Is it just a hot streak or are they for real? It's just a hot streak. You think so, eh? Yeah, it's just a hot streak. I don't uh, mind Elias some of the pieces they have, man. No, I, you're right. They, they got great pieces, and last year we just felt like an off year, right? Like Brock Besser, Elias Patterson, those guys weren't really clicking. No. And now you got Elias Patterson, seems like the guy's scoring a hat trick all the time. And, I mean, Brock Besser's playing great. Like, yeah, you're right. They got they got the pieces. It was just the fact that they just – it's the same squad as it was last year, and we saw what could happen last year. That I like what they I got up front. I like what they got up front. On the back end, is, it's Jesus Christ. Other than Quinn Hughes, there's nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing there. It's 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 bare bone. Yeah, but their goalie's so. fantastic. Like the depth yeah. goes amazing. Yeah. I mean, so I think it is just a hot streak, though. Um, I think that they're really gonna like like we like we said we can't we can't plan that Edmonton and Calgary stay out for this long in the bottom of the Pacific, right? So I think that the, that that's probably gonna be a battle come around Christmas into the new year, where it's gonna be Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary fighting for the third in the Pacific and a wild card spot. Um, because the Kraken haven't looked great at all to start the year either, and I had them, I think, making it. So yeah. it, it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, but Vancouver, we got to give them the credit that they deserve. Their last 10, they're 6-2-1, and one, uh, and they're scoring goals like crazy. Their goal differential is fantastic. Um, yeah, they're buzzing. Yeah, they're buzzing they're winning, they're, winning, they're winning games in regulation. Yeah. So uh, we're touch, we got we got to touch on the blue and white before we, uh, before we head off here. So... Um, <sighs> Not not a good blue and white segment this week. I don't think. I'm I'm, I'm not happy. Everyone's gonna understand that as this pod goes on. Adam and I are two different people when we think about the blue and white. <laughs> <laughs> two different people. Uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get to catch on to that very quickly. So go ahead because uh, you've had some steam that you wanted to blow off here the last oh little God, bit. These man. last Just... three games for the Toronto Maple Leafs have not been well. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's I wouldn't say that it's a complete shit show, but I would say that it's just not been their their best performances night in night out. No, but they're getting exposed. They're getting exposed hard right now. And you know what? 
my God, please get rid of the, the clown behind the bench. I'm so done with this guy, dude. I can't handle it anymore. I just can't handle it. Even in games they win, I can't handle this guy behind the bench anymore. He's just so what's, what's, bu- what's bugging you about him? The lines, dude. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Why? The, the, the lines, the, the, the deployment at, at key moments in the game, the, the personnel deployment, it's like, what do you like, – I just don't understand the thought process behind so many of the decisions he makes. Why has Nyes not got a look on the top line yet? Why? Why is it Yarncroke? Why? Why do you have Callie Yarncroke, who is so washed, just can't can, – it's just – every time you watch, he's a step behind. And if, and if you want to go and say it's analytics, go look at the analytics because they're just as bad. They, they, they prove my point that that guy is not a top six player. I don't know what he's doing on that line. It has to be Nyes. Go back and watch three games against Tampa where Nyes was unbelievable on that top line. And you're going to go play him on the third line with Camp and Domi? Are you kidding me right now? Like, I, don't, I, just, I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know why Camp's on the third line to begin with. I, I don't like Pontus on that fourth line. Uh, oh, man. It's, it, oh, it just grinds my gears. It just grinds my gears. <laughs> the steam is pumping right now what it's, you, the it's so annoying <laughs> it's so annoying listen i think Callie's a great player not a top line guy i agree with you on that that guy's got three points in, in nine games he yeah he doesn't belong in your top six whatsoever that's not to mention that he is a great hockey player he's smart defensively um and i think that he yes. belongs in your bottom six no problem yeah now, so play him right. in a defensive all, role yeah and you're also right that matthew nice deserves to be on the top line if not I think he should put Bertuzzi back there anyways to begin with because I didn't think it was that bad. Yes, he was getting those offensive zone penalties, but that line was putting up big numbers. But that's stuff that you can clear up. You can clean or clean up. You can clean up the penalty stuff. It's just little stick, stupid stick plays that he's making that are, that are getting him these calls. Like you're nine games in. What did we say at the start of the at the start of the pod? Like the first episode or two that we did, we said give them a give them time to adjust. Give them twenty games, fifteen to twenty games. We're nine games in. Bert's been on the second line, third line, benched for three games now. Three in a row, he's been benched. So you, you're telling me you gave him five games on the top line? That's it. That's all he got was five games. Are you and barely because he was still getting moved around in those games? You got to be kidding me! This guy is out of his mind. He's out of his mind. He's got no idea what he's doing back there. And and not to mention, I know, like I know Mitch Marner is a star in this league. Okay, I know he is. I get it. But if he's not performing, change it up. Change it up. Stop. Stop playing him twenty five minutes a night. Change it up. Bench him for a third period if he's not playing well. Stop. It, the definition of insanity is doing something again to expect a different result, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. If it's not working, change it. Get him off of the line with Matthews for at least a shift. At least a shift. you got to change it. It's, it doesn't work. He's playing like shit, both of them. I don't get it. Well, Matthews scored tonight, but you're right. It, it, the goals aren't coming. Aside like from tonight. Week. Aside from tonight. Aside from tonight. Yeah, the, go- the goals aren't coming like the first week of the season. And I, No, I, they just don't look be- dominant out there. No, they don't. They don't. The, the line that looks dominant, uh, we'll praise him too, is, is Willie Nylander and John Tavares. The, these guys. Oh, so, are just well, incredible. they're the only reason that we're that we're not in dead last right now. Yeah, they're the they're the little engine that could right now on this on this hockey club. Uh, but I, I'm touching on the Marner situation. <sighs> the thing is, is the guy is just so so creative offensively, Adam. That I think it benefits you more if you just keep him with Matthews. Like, where are you going to stick him? Are you going to go now and put him? Put him on that line and, and break up Willie and all that stuff? Are you going to go and do no. that? No, I'm putting him on the third line with Domi. I'm putting him down there. Get that line going. Why? If he's such a dynamic offensive player, get him going with another line then. 
and let Matthew yeah, drive but, his own line but, with Yarncroke then, and Nice. It's so easy. But, that, though, but it's so easy. Uh, but Adam, then that's where I agree with Keith, where I would probably try that out mid game rather than try that out during practice and have them then play try a full game together. Then try it mid game. Then try it. He doesn't try it. That's what I'm saying. Is he doesn't try it. He just sticks to so, it. So I had boots on the ground. Uh, in that L- against that LA game, which was definitely the worst game of the season. So both time boots on the ground. I've zero and two. The Chicago game looked awful. That game. Yeah, looked you're awful. banned so right I'm, now. I, I, you're, you're I'm banned. just banned. I'm I'm gonna just shift my my talents over to the Marlies. Probably tor- <laughs> probably torch them, but they looked awful. And I I so I don't mind the mid game adjustments at all, Adam. I really don't. I really really don't because there's times where you can. You can click something can click, and it probably happens. Of course, it probably happens more not than it does actually, but he may do it a little bit too early at times. Sheldon Keefe. So when they went down, uh, it was two nothing to the Kings before they scored. Right, or it was actually three nothing. But when it was two nothing, he went ahead and stacked Willie, Mitch, and Matthews right away. And you're thinking like. Dude, we don't need a goal that bad right now. Like, yeah, we need no, to get a little don't. bit of life here. But we had opportunities on the power play where we didn't score, where that's probably where your goal should come from when you're down two zip. So the change in the lines early and hitting the panic button early may mess the chemistry up mid-game. But I think that you have to juggle lines at some point, Adam. You have no, to. He, I know, I, but I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. He's leaning on the big guys too much, though. Get some other guys some opportunities. Get Nyes an opportunity on the top line. Get Domi an opportunity on the top line. Why not? Like you, you're pissed that Domi's not going. Get him going. That's your job as a coach is to get a player going if he's not going. And by keeping him on a line with Camp, who's probably one of the least offensively productive players in the entire National Hockey League, what are you doing? What are you thinking? What do you, you think he's just going to magically find his game? No, obviously not. Domi wasn't brought here for his defensive play. So why are you playing him with a player like Camp in a shutdown role? That's not what he's here for. He's here to put the puck in the net. Put him on a line that he has the ability to do that. It's just such poor coaching on the offensive side of the puck. It's unbelievable. It drives me nuts. And then don't even get me started on the back end, dude. Because, oh man, with Klingberg running that power play, I want to punch a hole through the TV every time I see it. My God, that guy can't handle the puck. It looks like it's a grenade coming at him every time. It's ridiculous. Listen. Because you're so used to seeing your you're so used to seeing your boy Mo on the back end. Yeah, I am because he can handle it. He knows how to handle a pass from these guys. Klingberg looks like he's never seen it before. It's all gonna come with time. It's not. It is. It is gonna come with time. Adam. It's not. It is. It's not. This it guy is. has been so bad. This signing's a disaster. It's a disaster. I'm calling it now. It's a disaster. Did you see the way he was playing defense tonight? I've never seen anything like that. That was some of the worst defensive play I've ever seen from a defenseman. Just play forward at that point. If that's all he can, if all he's capable of is offense, just play forward at that point. Because the defensive ability of this guy is is zero. It's zero. It's so bad. It's it's you can't even watch. <sighs> Listen, Adam. It's you're you're you're. Judging your your whole sample size is based off the three game losing streak that's gotten right under no, your it's skin. Not. It's the, no, it's, it's not. the loss. It's the loss to Nashville. It's the loss to LA where they looked like they were literally a fucking East Coast team. Yeah, they and didn't now, play. Well, and now, like you can't say they played bad tonight against the Bruins. This is I what can, we're recording, can, by the I way. I can say I can say Klingberg played bad. Of course I can. Klingberg, he's been, he's Klingberg played bad in every game this season. He sucks, dude. He stinks. He's terrible. He's got no he legs. No, he's not the prettiest looking. He's not the prettiest looking hockey player out there. No, man, he can't handle the puck, dude. His pu- that's what he's brought in here to do is be a good puck handler, and he can't even do that. The plays on the boards, he loses the puck every time. He's brutal. He's brutal, dude. I don't know if – you know, maybe he shouldn't have worn number three. I think number three is cursed here. Every, every defenseman <laughs> that wears number three is just – I think it's just cursed over here. 
<laughs> we just we just we just need Klingberg to just go up a nice double Dion style. <laughs> like, oh, just man. wear listen, that number. I don't want, listen, wear that number the right way. Yeah, for real. Listen, I don't want people to get get it con- confused here. I want nothing but for all of these guys on this roster right now who don the blue and white to to wear to to to, to succeed when, when they're when they're on the ice. I want nothing more. But my God, is it impossible when you have an incompetent clown behind the bench who's making it so difficult for these players to excel with the with the with the positions that he's putting them in? That's that's my take on it. Ten games into the year is just coach has got to go already. I don't even care if they're they're in third place and they got a good record and it's just a little culture. I don't care. This guy's got no idea what he's doing. He's got to go. So let's let's turn a new leaf then. And I think that they got a big opportunity here against the Sabres Saturday. And yes, then they, they play, and then they play Monday, right? The pivotal, also pivotal, play on Monday. pivotal game against the Sabres Saturday. Pivotal, got to win that pivotal. game. Pivotal, it, it is a must win, uh, and I think that they can get the job done. The thing is that the Sabres have been turning it around a little bit. They're, exactly. I don't know if they, I don't know if they've been winning, but they've been scoring, and they were, they weren't scoring at the beginning of the year. Now they're scoring. Tage Thompson got on the board last night, so they, they got guys that are getting a little bit hot. Um, I think that the. The leaf situation too, Adam, is they gotta figure out what the fuck is going on with the goaltending. Well, Samsonov looked fantastic tonight. Fantastic. He did. Tonight. He did until the shootout, and then he went mental midget again. Yeah, it it's so he's so deep inside of his head right now. It's insane. That guy. That guy's on like his fifth different mask of the season. He keeps changing his mask to try to. He thinks that's what's gonna. That's what's gonna do it. He's so deep in his head right now. They gotta figure out what's going on with him. Get him out of his head. Get it. Get send him on a little trip, a little retreat or something. Let him. Let him. Let him get out. Of, get out of his head a little bit. But uh, Joe Wall, I think you're you're trying to you're asking too much out of the kid too early on in the year. Uh, he needs some more reps before you really let this kid kind of run with it. I think he's great. I think he's capable of running with it. But you, you need, he needs to get a few more reps before you can really uh, confidently put him in there uh, in big moments type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually thought that Wolf played all right against LA. People are going to find that shocking. Some of those goals weren't really his fault at all. No, he was left out to one. dry. He's left out to dry, man. Completely out to dry. At least penalty kill looked awful. So Not a single player showed up to play that night. No, Not a so single you're, one. You're right. The, the Sabres game Saturday – um, at home is Pivotal. huge for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Pivotal. Huge. Uh, uh, let's by, not hit the panic. By Tampa. It's followed by Tampa on Monday and Ottawa on Wednesday. So yeah, let's not hit the home. panic button. No, no, I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm hitting the fire coach button, but I'm not hitting the panic button. <laughs> yeah, but you've been hitting the fire <laughs> coach button since Keith put on his first suit. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you haven't been a Keith opinion. guy. You definitely, you definitely haven't been a Keith guy. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Uh, I, I also hate. I know we're we're trying to sum the pot up here. It's been going too long, but I just wanted to get this one last point in. I hate, hate, hate when teams bring in a new GM and they keep the old coach. It makes no sense. It it doesn't. It just if it's a new GM who's bringing in their their ways of the game and their their mindset to the team, whatever you want to call it, th- that's not their coach. That's not their guy. They should go out and bring in their guy as well. With a new GM, should come a new coach every time. That's just the way I believe in it. We can move right right on call to, to pick of the week. I just wanted to get that last point in there. I actually agree with that. I do agree with that, Adam. I actually like that a lot. I think that when you're bringing in, if you're making a huge change like that, I think you got to freshen up the entire personnel. Aside from an entire ownership change, I think general manager is probably the biggest move you can make in an offseason, no? It, it is. And if I think GM moves, so does coach, right? Because 100%. Has to they be. don't. It, uh, not Doesn't have to be the whole staff. I'm not, yeah, and I'm not saying that the GM and the coach are going to think the exact same, but 
like for example, Dubis and and Keith were were brought up together, and and Lou and Bob that was like his guy, right? Lou and Bob's and the whole bit. So like you're right, when a new guy rolls in, he should probably bring in a new coach along. But dude, this just the organization seems to have this tremendous amount of trust in Sheldon Keefe. Okay, but they did the same thing with Dubis, dude. They had the same amount of trust in Dubis, and where did that get us? It, it, it's just like, it's almost like they're just holding on to that last little, they just got to let that last thing go, let that last thing go, and it's Keefe. And then you could finally move into the tree living era where this guy finally gets full reign. It's just, it, it's so stupid that they kept him around, but hey, whatever. Not my decision to make, I guess, at the end of the day, so I could just only scream about it on the pod here, but whatever. If I did have a coach and I'm throwing it out there in the dark, it will never happen because I don't even think his suspension is lifted from the NHL yet. Joe Quinville. I love Joe Quinville, man. <laughs> yep. I love Joe Quinville. We, uh, we understand the whole situation that happened in Chicago, um, but I really think that he's just a quality coach. Uh, just needed a cup, wanted to help the organization. I really think that he would help this team a lot, but that's for the NHL to decide. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move into pick of the week. We've been going we've been yeah. going for a while here. Yeah, we've been we've week. been we've been going a while. Uh, my pick of the week is extremely simple. It's the Monday night football game. Jets first Chargers. I love, absolutely love Brees Hall plus money anytime touchdown at plus one thirty. I think it's great value. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, very good value. Plus one thirty for Brees Hall. I actually think the Jets win this game, but uh, I don't want to take a money line, so I'm I'm gonna take him Brees Hall. Plus one thirty anytime touchdown, book it. <laughs> um, all right, I got. Uh, now it might not be their uh, their first regulation loss of the season because they play the Red Wings on Saturday, um, but I don't see that being their first regulation loss of the season. I'm talking about the Boston Bruins here, um, but I do think Monday night, November sixth, uh, eight p.m. primetime start. We love an eight p.m. start. Dallas Stars, Boston Bruins in Dallas. Dallas Stars in regulation, book it. Wow. Dallas has actually been a very impressive team. I've been putting a lot of coin on them, and I know that me and you in the past have had awful trouble with the Dallas Stars, but different yes, hockey club yeah, this year. Yeah. Different hockey club this year. They find ways to win games, um, and they're excited the stars to are back. watch too. Yeah, high-flying high yeah. hockey club. Very fun team to watch play. So I think I think they, they finally, if the Bruins, whether or not they lose in regulation against the Red Wings is kind of irrelevant to this, to this pick. It'd be better if they beat the Red Wings because then they still got the donut in regulation, and I'd love the Stars <laughs> to be number one in there. So we'll hope for that. But that's my pick of the week. Stars and regulation. Book it. Uh, you had Brees Hall anytime. I love that. I love that. Monday Night Football. Um, Plus 130, man. Great value. Yeah. I think uh, I think that sums up Jock Talk Podcast episode number – we said five, right? Number five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's number so, five. We're going we're gonna to keep it steady out here. We're staying consistent. We're going to try and be the opposite of what the Toronto Maple Leafs are. We're going to be consistent <laughs> here. Um, you got to trust us when we just ran into some audio issues last pod. And, it was just and a hiccup. It was it. just a hiccup. We're, we're back. Just a hiccup. We're, we're flowing through here. So um, we appreciate all the listeners. The views have been great. Um, follow us on socials. We'll link everything in, in the uh, in the link below when it comes to Apple Music and, and Spotify and the whole bit. Uh, and we we got to get one more for listening. One more thing in here. We got to get one more yeah, thing Yeah, go in ahead. Here. Buy a poppy. Buy a poppy. Yeah, buy a poppy. Remember's Day is coming up. November 11th. Go buy a poppy, please. You, yeah, you don't have to wear it. You don't even have to wear it. Just buy a poppy and you yes. just put it somewhere or even just donate. You don't even, you don't want to take a poppy. Don't take it. Just donate to the troops. All yeah, right. Because donate. we wouldn't be able to do this pod. You wouldn't be able to listen to this pod. You wouldn't be able to go to work like you do and grab your coffee. You wouldn't be able to live the life you live without the troops. We support the we troops. Be, we love the troops. We wouldn't be, exactly. We wouldn't be able to watch our beautiful sports that we love and, you know, exactly. spend time exactly. with family and friends and the whole bit. So buy None the of poppy. This would be like, possible. I, like, like Adam said, if you don't want to wear the poppy, just make the donation because it goes a long way. Exactly. So. 
That's Alrighty, that's a good pod. way to end the pod. I love that. I like it. Yeah. Alrighty, so. everyone, cheers. Take care. Jock Talk Pod. We love you guys.